0: Welcome to the Do Shit Podcast, where we unlock the secrets to success in your business by using strategic action. It's time for another lesson and actionable assignment. So get ready to get more shit done with your hosts, Natalie Jean Miller and Amanda Mock. Hey,
1: this is Natalie Jean and Amanda Mock. And we're here from the Do Shit Podcast. Today we're talking about business models, how you can kind of use them to either optimize your business or start one.
0: Yep, either adding your first revenue line and however it is that you're making money or adding a new one. Or figuring out how you're not making money. Figuring out how you're not making money. You know, all this time we've been talking like a little bit about topics that have been related to like productivity and looking at what it is that you're doing the day to day. But one of the things that we wanted to make sure to do was look at the bigger picture too. And one of the bigger pictures is definitely your business model in and of itself. Uh, I think especially in the online world, and Natalie and I will both come to this conversation as online entrepreneurs, like I've never ran a brick and mortar business.
1: No, I never have either.
0: Like I've I've worked for one or multiple ones, I should say. I've worked for brick and mortar businesses and Mm -hmm. I've... I've even consulted in brick-and-mortar businesses, but I've never owned one. No. And I really... I don't like
1: paying high rent. <laughs> hey, no. <laughs> I'm just being honest. I, I don't, personally <laughs> or professionally.
0: But in the online world, it's, it's funny because you see all these different businesses, like, playing around and doing all these different things, but really they're following the same, if you look at it and like you're really a student of business, most of them are really making money like most traditional businesses have up to this point. Uh, yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. So in, in the era of business models, let's talk about revenue because that's what makes the business model. And there's a lot of confusion in the online world of your business model versus how you advertise, right? Yes. Like in the information space, as an example, you could be putting out content constantly like yourself and like I've done. But that's not really your business model. No. Right?
1: Yeah. Publishing content is not a business model. And period. I,
0: and I think especially when you're just starting out or when you're just starting to leverage online marketing, I think that's a great misconception. Well, but you hear that a lot in the
1: online space, especially when you Google stuff. Because, I mean, obviously, with me working with content, working with SEO, kind of playing around with that, one of the most searched things is, how do I make my blog make money for me?
0: Right but so. that's where there comes a misconception especially in the online world is it's like the blog is making you money or youtubers who do get paid by youtube by all means right and yeah. there are ones that make a very very good living like it's as if youtube is their only source of income and then that's their business that's their rev model right and the misconception is that's not that's not what's actually happening there's sponsorships on the back end there's them going to events and speaking and getting paid for that for showing up at schools or whatever. Yeah. Or publishing,
1: you know, oh, yeah, you said sponsorship. I yeah, was going to say, you know, doing product placement and that kind of thing, which is kind of the same thing. Yeah. Just different verbiage for the same thing. Right. But, yeah, you don't really get to see people's back end
0: Not unless just you're because you attention. ask nicely. Yeah. yeah. Not unless you're paying attention and you look for it. And so when you're looking at starting or you're looking at adding a new line of revenue to your business or to your own personal life, I think you got to take that into consideration. Like, you're not going to go and start a blog. And then, like you said, in your space, one of the most searched for terms is how do I make money with my blog? Right. And it's like, no, your blog is a means of generating traffic. And it's one thing, like, I
1: see a lot when I've talked to entrepreneurs who hit the blogging space when it first kind of got off the ground and blogging was like this nuance and Ooh, how do you do it? And what do you do? And blah, blah, blah. And I mean like I started a blog back then and didn't do well because I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Right. Um, But these people who did, who kind of like did it by trial and error and kind of knew what they were doing and then build it out to, Oh yeah, I totally own this was great because they could put up like a Google ad or something like that. And then per click, they got a ton of money. Right. Which then they reinvested back into the business and, to, expand to expand into other models. Yeah. And to
0: expand for people who don't know what the hell you're talking about. She's talking about people like physically advertising on their site using Google Ads. Right. Exactly.
1: Nowadays, because we're so over, you know, I mean, they're in our face constantly. I mean, how many times have you clicked now the new one is the Facebook ads in the sidebar, which obviously we're all kind of familiar with Facebook.
0: Well, without let us not get into a tangent about ads, because I I feel like that might go there. Oh, that's true. (laughs) But like I do love advertising. Yeah. But to to truly generate an income off of ad rev, it's possible. However, like if you're also trying to build like a genuine business around it, or you're trying to build like committed following a committed following, you're, you're not going to do, you're not going to make most of your money from those ads. You might make a couple bucks, but it's not going to make your business.
1: Yeah, it's certainly not going to pay your website fees.
0: It's going to complement it, but it's not going to make it.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I'm not going to discriminate against revenue. <laughs> I like it in all forms, shapes, and sizes.
0: But that comes back to what's your business model? What's your revenue? Exactly. Right? And sometimes you got to figure out your space. You can't just hop in and know what you're going for, or maybe you do know what you're going for, so you can structure it towards that. So since we're talking about revenues, let's talk about passive income versus active income. Because I think there's a big misconception between both. And I think that they both.
1: Yeah, it's true. They both
0: work the same way. It's just the work involved to deliver the product. Yeah. Is what changes. So the way
1: that I would define passive, and you can correct me if I'm wrong or if you disagree. You're wrong. Shut up. Wow, that was really <laughs> fast. I'm usually not wrong that quickly. Yeah. So, with for me, passive income is where all the work is up front, and then you profit later. It's very much like the South Park or South Park underwear norm gnomes. Yeah, you know, you collect the underwear, then you wait, and then you profit.
0: <laughs> it, and I would actually mm. mostly agree with that.
1: Oh, okay. So you don't disagree?
0: I don't disagree. Okay, can that be put on the record, please? <laughs> I'm very difficult to, like, I don't just agree off the bat or fully with anyone.
1: I know. that That's why I was record <laughs> timing.
0: I would mostly agree. Because even even though you're putting up most of the work and then you earn it later, you still have to do maintenance work. Oh, yeah. And and some, some active examples. Uh, let's say you own an information consulting business. Or you're looking at someone. Or let's say you're a personal trainer, right? Okay. If you're a personal trainer and you focus on physical fitness... Your active income is going to be you going and training people, holding classes, doing private training sessions. Maybe if you open up a gym and you have to be there and open the doors, that's active income.
1: Right, because you're actively doing something.
0: Passive income is income you don't necessarily need to be present to earn. So that would be anything from you selling training online, creating an ebook, an ebook, selling a video series to a major company. Uh, or opening your gym and growing your gym to the point that you're having other people going in and training the people. Right. right. And it's really, you end up doing just as much work in both. However, one is like a step away from actively doing the work. You're either in it and you're straight up deliver- trading your time for money or you're training your time to manage people or software or whatever that will end up earning the money for you. Yeah. And no, they're really I, an I agree equal time that. investment, which I think is like a big uh, misconception in passive income.
1: Yeah. I've seen that. Is where well. It's like, oh, I earn money while I sleep. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'm sure you've seen those infomercials <laughs> that are going to sell you on like, earn things while you sleep, you know, mm-hmm. just set up this crazy vending machine. It's like, no, that,
0: that's not really how it works. <laughs> Do they even have those anymore? I don't watch TV.
1: Um, I think I'm a QVC, I'm not QVC, but there's like infomercial channels yeah. now. Yeah. I don't know. I have satellite TV, so I just skip those, t- <laughs> those channels completely. Right,
0: But I know what you mean. It's like the selling thing of, oh, if you get into this business in X amount of days, you'll be earning passive income. And it's like, no, but you still have to do all of this work to make it go.
1: Right. Or I love the uh, work from home spam. That's my favorite.
0: Well, that's my favorite too, especially since we work from home. It's always freaking ridiculous and it's like full of garbage, right? Yeah. But that goes back to like your business models. Even if no matter what lifestyle you want and whether you decide to do a passive or an active like income stream as or we're a combination it, of them both yeah. or a combination of them both, you're going to have to put in equal amounts of work.
1: Yeah. It just depends on if you're doing it throughout the whole process or at the beginning.
0: Right. And even if you do it in the beginning, you have to do maintenance work. Yeah. And then after you do that maintenance work, the market changes and then you have to do all of the beginning work again. And it it, it sounds like a vicious cycle, but it's not really as dire as I might be making it sound It's just that you're going to be working just as hard as if you were passive, as if you were uh, actively generating that income, which is why one business model isn't better than the other. Right. But then there also comes in like scalability, right? If you're looking at your business model and you're going to think, well, do I want to make money where I have to actively go in and do this thing? Or do I want to make money where I'm having someone else or a piece of software or a training video I have put together go in and do this thing? Which one would I rather have? Then when you're looking at your business model and you're trying to figure out what you would prefer to do, what would generate more income, what would be more sustainable, one of the things you got to ask yourself is what is the scalability of this? Yeah. Which is why just being a YouTuber and making that income or just having ad revenue on your site, there's not a lot of scalability to that unless you work solely on driving traffic. Right. The scalability comes in when you plug in additional revenue streams,
1: Yeah, and I mean, you can leverage things like social media or YouTube, for example, since you mentioned it.
0: Right. But the
1: sad thing about YouTube is it's the ADD. (laughs) There's so many things to click on. Same thing with Facebook. There are so many things that you can click on inside that that you don't control that domain. You don't, but there are people
0: who do make quite a bit of money on YouTube. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: I'm not saying that it's not doable. I'm just saying it's hard. (laughs) And that's one of the things that you have to look at when you're analyzing your scalability, when you're analyzing your funnels, for um active or passive income to come into yeah
0: when you're deciding on what your business model should be or how you want to tweak or add to your business model like let's say like if we're looking at scalability and we're talking about passive and active income let's use a service based business as an example right which one do you want to use you want to use your business or mine let's go with yours let's be transparent Mine? yeah Okay, so... because well, I'm like, because we can pick from two. I only yeah. have one. So. <laughs> so, more options. Virtual Little Helper, like, for those that aren't aware, it's like a multi-VA business and everybody's located in the U.S. And when I was looking at scalability when I first started, it was all about building a team that could do more for small, and medium-sized business owners, right? That's very vague and I don't have time to get into, like, the detailed description, but basically we make your business go, right? Like, that's the concept. We'll help yeah. you implement your marketing. We'll help you... Implement your customer. You're service. the doers. We're the doers. We're not the strategic team, right? So you come to us wanting U.S. based assistance that are going to get the with a team that's going to get the work done appropriately. Well, how is that scalable? On the surface, get more clients, hire more people. The end. The end. But really, you can't do that forever. I mean, like technically, you, you can. can. Damn. <laughs>
1: totally my strategy.
0: (laughs) Technically you can, but that does not a business model or a business plan make. And so the way that we can build onto that is like we started servicing small to medium sized business owners, getting an hour or two of work here and there per associate.
1: Which is the bonus to getting a VA.
0: Which is the bonus to getting a VA. But how can we scale that? How can we make that larger? Well, what we did is we did some market research. Like We looked at what people were doing and we saw that there were... Online companies basically functioning on autopilot that wanted companies like mine to completely handle their customer service from beginning to end. Right. And with those, we could hire one to two people full-time a pop within my VA company. That's a lot easier to scale than what we were doing before. Now, we didn't eliminate our previous revenue stream. Instead, what we did is we improved upon it based off of that learning, and then we added a secondary revenue stream where we would provide the customer service associates for those companies. And that's where the scalability comes into it. We're finding these little micro niches and we're servicing those specifically, mastering it, then going on to the next one.
1: And to take it back to what we were talking about earlier, those are all active income streams because you guys are actively doing things.
0: It's active for my associates. It's passive for For me. me. Right. And then so then what do we do from there? Well, now we're finding all these designers who want to give an agency feel that are going solo, but want people to implement their websites or they're them building apps, really basic apps and things like that. So how, so then, and those come at projects that are like two to 4k a pop, right? right? Sometimes more if it's really in depth. Well, then we'll build out a team specifically for that. So in the end, we're still doing the same thing. We're servicing small, medium online companies that are or companies that are also leveraging the online space. But really, they're additional revenue streams because they're different clients.
1: And different types of clients different meeting types of different clients. needs, yes.
0: Exactly. So the scalability comes into play when you build in those different revenue streams because eventually one of those streams might go stale. Correct. That's true. And now my business is not going to go under because I've already been moving with the times and servicing different areas in different ways. So even if one stream goes away, it just means I've lost profit, not that my business is in danger.
1: No. And that's a way to protect yourself. Right. Because you'll you'll keep adding additional income streams. And if one dies off because it's not in demand anymore and the market changes. Right. Oh, well, that's a bummer. Okay, move on to the (laughs) next thing. Let's go into another way. Let's grow in this way.
0: Which is why I think reviewing your business model pretty frequently, at least if not more, at least once a year is really important because marketplaces change. You can't just do business one way and do it that way forever, especially nowadays in the modern age.
1: Yeah, I mean, look at any of the big brands, Apple, Coca-Cola. They've all changed. They've all had to change.
0: Completely on major scale.
1: I mean, just Google the logos alone. You'll see the difference. It's pretty vast.
0: Or let's look at Google in and of itself.
1: Oh, yeah, that's true. (laughs) I didn't even think about that one. As I said, let's Google it.
0: Right. And now let's look at Facebook, right? Facebook, if if you're a business owner and you've been working on the back end of Facebook at all, you've seen how they've just gone from, you know, a free platform... I mean, there's the whole we're serving only college students of specific colleges. Now we're opening them to all, and now now we're opening to these schools, and now we're opening to the public. Now we're allowing advertisement. Now we're plugging in our advertisement to work with other agencies. Like, there's the whole this whole element of it building. They're scaling it, and they're tweaking it to go with the times, and that's why they're successful.
1: Right, and that's why they're probably going to be around for 100 years unless <laughs> the Internet crashes.
0: Or unless another... Another, they they fuck up bad, and somebody else comes and takes it up. I don't see that anytime soon, but it's always no, possible. They're
1: they're a pretty good giant.
0: Yeah, but that's that's what scalability is. Like a lot of people think of scalability as I'll just keep doing this and go bigger, but going bigger is just really adding an additional revenue stream that complements your business but expands it. Right. And there's several ways to do that. There's traditionally within your company, and then there's like through affiliates and partnerships. Uh, that brings us to our next point. <laughs> Great segue. Yeah. And what's really cool with affiliates and partnerships is if you're doing it right, they should be natural.
1: True. Yeah, it shouldn't feel slimy or sleazy. That's no. for sure.
0: Like we have, I mean, anybody can be a Bluehost affiliate as an example, which is a mm-hmm. hosting company. But the most natural thing for us to do since we build websites now at Virtual Little Helper is that we also offer Bluehost affiliation because somebody wants to build a site, they go, oh, who should I host with? Bluehost, after we build that website, we now have passive income, truly passive income, just brought by them continuing to be a Bluehost customer.
1: Yeah. And then I would have to say just Bluehost is all around awesome.
0: I prefer Bluehost. You should leave well, Bluehost in the notes.
1: I will. <laughs> Actually, you should give me your link.
0: I will give you my link and then... So yes, all, all the small <laughs> tiny
1: pennies will go to Amanda, not all me. All the
0: pennies will go to me.
1: <laughs> but no, they, they really are. Their customer service is phenomenal.
0: It is. I came if from a really bad.
1: Hi, I'm techtarded. <laughs> hi, Natalie. <laughs> um, no, but like, I came from a horrible tech web hosting thing, mm-hmm. and Bluehost's been a saint.
0: Since, in comparison. Oh
1: yeah, I I don't think I would go with anybody else.
0: <laughs> but okay, so let's let's
1: talk about this. Um, now what I want to dive into because I had this going into it Mm -hmm. and you actually described it for me really, really well. So I'm going to set this up and then let you go hog wild on it. Now affiliate, it's not like affiliate marketing Mm -mm. where we're thinking MLMs. So you can define that because you're better (laughs) at it than I am.
0: Well, when I, when I say affiliate, I also think of like partnership, right? So there's some like if you think of affiliate marketing in the way that you just mentioned, like some right. people might think of it like Mary Kay and Avon stuff like that. And Avon,
1: Silpata and all the other tens of thousands of MLMers out there.
0: Right. And, and those types of marketing is it's like you're selling the product or then you could, you're selling the product and you make some profit that way, but then you also make a good portion of your profit from recruiting other people to sell those products. And... I've known people I've known several people who have made really really good money in that space but that's not what I mean when I say affiliate marketing I mean right. something more along the lines of hey I have a partnership with Bluehost and I really respect Bluehost I do a lot of business with Bluehost and it just so happens my my company makes websites or I'm consulting with people who are putting out websites and when they ask me what host they should go to it makes sense for me to refer Bluehost because I already know I like, can trust them. And at the same time, I'm going to make a couple bucks at it. Yeah. But that also comes from not doing it in a sleazy way. Right. Plus, you're recommending
1: something that you already use. I
0: actively use it. I'm not... I didn't use Bluehost just so that I could say I use it for a referral. And this comes down to how genuine you are in your marketing, which people can see, see oh, through yeah. you when you're not genuine. Um, We're certainly
1: no, not uh, con people. Right. So.
0: And so if I'm actively using a product and I actively enjoy it and it just adds to my revenue stream and I'll tell people it's an affiliate link, I'll say, hey, I have an affiliate link and more often than not, I can get a discount from it and, and that benefits my business. But see, that also works on the flip side, right? You can add another revenue of income to your business by offering affiliate sales. Like my virtual little helper, we can go to business consultants and say, hey, you know, you use our services, you know and love them. If we give anybody who starts working with us uh, a 20% discount and then you get an X amount of kickback every single month for as long as they work with us, then it's a win-win. You get to right. refer a product you love and then we benefit from it. And they get passive income on the side. And they get passive income on the side. So you can use that to plug in an additional revenue model to your business.
1: Oh, completely. Yeah. And it also allows you to find qualified leads, too. It really does. Because if, helps. you know, Suzy Q is referred to you, then by all means, you can take it a lot more seriously than Joe Schmo
0: who just knocked on your door. But if Suzy Q keeps sending you a lot of really terrible re- referrals, you can tell her she's no longer an affiliate. Also true. <laughs> so let's go to, um, we're talking about business models in general, and we haven't been too specific let, let's give a good call to action for what we'd like people to focus on today if they're looking at their business. And I think what they should do is an overall business model review. Okay. I think it's really easy, especially in the online entrepreneur space, uh, and especially if you're hustling and you're just trying to get your business off the ground to accidentally take on too many revenue streams or to work on too many revenue streams at once.
1: Yeah. And I think that the, it kind of needs to be evaluated and OK, for instance, for me, I evaluate this when I do all my year end planning and we'll probably get into that in a later podcast. Mm-hmm. But at least I'm looking at it at a year long space going, OK, did X, Y, Z make me any money? No. Is it worth it to do it again? Yep. Yes. No, yep. maybe. Yeah. OK, do I kick it? Do I not? Mm.
0: Yeah. So let, let's put the throw. Let's throw this out there. I want you guys whoever's listening to this and who who's an online any any type of entrepreneur.
1: Want, yeah, really it yeah. doesn't matter if it's brick and mortar or online or anything in between.
0: Yeah, take an inventory of where you've made all your money in the past month, 6 months, year, whatever. Of what's actually made you money. And then make a list of everything you feel like you are advertising and selling. Yeah, and I would
1: I would actively Label them as, okay, this is something that I just have to tweak every once in a while so it's passive. Okay, this thing I have to, you know, post content for. I have to do this for. I have to mm-hmm. do that for. Thus, it's active. Right. And really assess it. Because if you have a ton of passive stuff, well, then add an active one. Right. Do something to fill your time.
0: If you have all active and you
1: can't figure out but why I you're making money. But I would actually
0: say, to keep it less split, I want you to look at all the ways that you're generating revenue. Take your biggest one, whatever's making you the most money, focus on it for the rest of this week and see what you can do to in like what you're doing in that business model that you could plug a hole in. Oh yeah. Increase, optimize, systemize, increase and optimize that single, that single revenue stream yeah. and share with us what that would be.
1: Or, and how much you increase your revenue by.
0: Yeah. And how much you increase your revenue by. We're all about results. Mm-hmm. And if you're doing more, if you have more than three revenue streams happening and you're making less than a hundred thousand dollars a year in your business, I want you to eliminate the least profitable one. Right. And use the time you're working on that one to work on your two most profitable ones. Or just your top earner. Yeah. And and see what kind of result you can get from that. I would say that that would be a good thing to focus on this week and to share with us.
1: Yeah. So until next
0: time, we'll see you later and have a great Monday. Yep. And next week, we'll be talking about what being a good service provider means. And what that means is really servicing your clients to the nth degree not just to the point where like they're happy satisfied customers because we all want that but more to the point that depending on how you service your customers how you can turn them into cheerleaders how you can put them in your corner yeah and make, make them, them your biggest fan make yep. them your biggest fan and make them your your salespeople. so that's what we'll talk about next week and i'll see you guys then bye Thanks for listening to this episode of the Do Shit Podcast. Now it's time to take action. Natalie and Amanda have put together an exclusive Facebook group to help you grow your business even faster and get more shit done. Ready to join? Head to the website at doshitpodcast.com and sign up. Thanks again for listening, and we'll talk to you next time.